0: Good morning First church. Good morning, Good morning First church. Good morning. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online and my friends in the balcony. Amen. I am Reverend Brenda Brooks Alexander. I am the new associate Pastor of service. So you know what that means, right? That means that I have to get you all involved. (laughs) Y'all look excited to get involved. I'm super excited about getting you involved in what we do here at First Church. I want to say thank you to those who are worshiping with us uh, in the service, my comrades, Dinya and Phyllis, and Mike, I went blank because you were going to crawl up the cross. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Taylor, for not doing that. Also, to our pastor, Pastor Lance, for this opportunity, I'm grateful for the opportunity to worship here at First Church. First Church, this is my first 30 days. I've completed 30 days. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a welcoming congregation and just loving me, I appreciate it. Let's pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, Lord, let them be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. In our sermon series, uh, Light of the World, and- 1 John 1 through 4, it provides for us a personal account of the beloved disciples relationship with the light of the world. In our first service, I invited us to spiritually participate. And in our time together, I wanna invite us to become spiritual partners with the light of the world. I am one of eight children. And our firstborn is here. And the, maybe she's the third because she's a twin. So maybe you could look at them and think one and three were the favorite, but I'm number seven. And you already know that completes what God is doing. <laughs> I love spending time with my family. I I love uh, getting to have fellowship with them. And so when the pandemic happened, you can imagine that we were in in odds, we were just trying to figure out ways that we could connect. And so we did some Zooming and then we uh, learned how to text a a lot of stuff. And so as we're texting and Zooming, we, we, we really missed each other. And like many of you who've experienced COVID, you just miss people. And so last year we got to host Thanksgiving at our home and it was such a joy. Now you have to understand that we now live in Fort Worth and all of my family lives in Dallas. And for them, this is a hike. This is a journey, this is out of town. But fifty people showed up at our home. I was overjoyed. I had longed to be in their presence and to share in the fellowship with them at a much deeper level than just on a Zoom call. I wanted them to Uh, be uh, uh, in our home and just to fill our home with their voices and with music and all of that happened. And at the end of the night, we had a worship service. And in a childlike voice, one of my sisters said, I needed that. I needed that. I hope that as you look at our text, That as the beloved disciple hopes that we can live into uh, this, the arms of Jesus, not just in in a physical sense, but he's saying every single day as I got to hear the voice of Jesus, I hope you can experience that kind of joy in your relationship so that when you leave this place, you leave here saying, oh, I needed that. I needed to see your faces. I needed to hear the word of God. I needed to sing the songs of Zion. Oh, I needed that. When you become partners with the light of the world, it is a relationship that is being formed with the Father and the Son and with other believers. Ah. John tells us that he had that kind of relationship with Jesus. As I've joined the first church family, that is exactly how I've been introduced. I've told my family that I'm now part of a larger family, much bigger family. And and, and you have to know my family, my family is always kidding. They've always got jokes for me that you don't have to worry about making me humble. They do a very good job all by themselves. But as I've introduced people in, in, in the First Church family, I've said, this is now my new family. This is my family. And, and what, I, what I believe God is teaching me is that God has a way of showing us that God does extend God's family. And so as I begin to put names with faces and faces with names, God has a way of teaching me that I am bigger than where your social context is. I am so much bigger than what you think I am. I am so much bigger than your little bubble. He says, I'm about to burst your bubble and explode you with a family that you never could have imagined. Could you have imagined me being in your family? I mean, I'm just excited about the fact that you are now my brothers and sisters, and some of you could even be my parents. John begins to deal with the purpose of his writing in this text. Now, if you want verses one and two, you gotta watch it online, because I'm only dealing now with verses three and four. And that's when John calls us into a partnership John says listen you have had the privilege of already hearing the Word of God you've already had some scholars suggest that in first John that they already had the gospel of John they already knew who Jesus was they already knew that the Word was made flesh they already had all of that information and so as they come as he comes to this text, he says, Listen, I'm not about to tell you anything new. I'm not about to, to, to tell you anything new, but I am about to tell you something that is good for you. John writes that here's what we've seen and here's what we've heard. And, and, and you know how we are with secondhand information. Secondhand information is only good for spreading the gospel. Because if it's secondhand, it's hearsay. It's not even admissible in a court of law. But but if it's and if it's secondhand for too much longer, it then becomes gossip. But if it's secondhand from the word of God, you get to tell it. Over and over and over and over and over again. You get to tell secondhand information from your perspective because it's your story. John gives us an opportunity to connect with the light of the world based on the relationship that we already have. You're already a believer. You already have a great church. You already have great people to walk alongside you. And now John comes along and he tells us to make my joy complete. He says, I want you to connect with the Father. I love that about him because he's telling us that there is a vertical relationship that we have to connect with Jesus on. Well, how in the world do we connect vertically with Jesus? I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. Let me see if I can answer the question for you. The way that you connect in a vertical relationship with Jesus is that there is power in prayer. Listen, the reason that I want you to be a part of a team that has nothing to do with you, but has everything to do with your connection in heaven. John says, so that you can fellowship with us. See, the way that you get to be my sisters and brothers is because that we have a relationship with the heavenly father. And because of that relationship, we are now related. We're connected. And listen, there is power in prayer. He says, John says it like this, he says, you can fellowship with us. You can. I'm an old English teacher and when I was in, I was, I was teaching grammar, they would say, they would say, can I go to the restroom? And you know what good teachers would say, can you? That's really what John is asking us in this text. Are you able to fellowship with us? He says, are you able to share in what we have? He says, you are able to if you want to. He says, uh, you can partake in this partnership with the light of the world if you want to. You can experience peace and happiness with other believers and the apostle if you want to. He says, he says, you ought to want to because we have this in common, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. John says, our fellowship is with the Father that when we are making connections, we're not making connections based on the color of our skin or our gender identity. No, we are making connections because we all belong to the Father. We're God's. And because God is our Father, we begin to have connections that we've never had before. We begin to partner with one another. The old hymn writer said, oh, what needless pains we bear all because we just don't take it to the Lord in prayer. It's a powerful tool that so often gets neglected. Partnership in prayer is powerful because when we pray, we are asking for partners in cooperation. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't understand it, and so let me see if I can help you to understand that, that when you pray, you are praying and saying, I'm going to cooperate with the one that's in heaven. When you pray, you are saying, God, I am asking you to intervene from heaven on earth, and I'm going to do what you say do. Ah. <sighs> When we, when we cooperate, he says, this is, the, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, this is the confidence that we have when we are approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's partnership. He hears us. He's always listening for his children. He's always looking for us to, uh, to to get involved in what God is doing, and that ought to start in your prayer life. That ought to start with you saying, "God, what's next on the agenda?" You do know that nobody in the Bible retires; <laughs> they just die. So there's no retirement in the church. You ought to be still engaged in something. I got a lot of young folk in the balcony. You ought to be engaged in something. You ought to find out where God is leading you, and you ought to pray about it. And don't use pray about it as an opportunity to get out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know how we do. Sometimes we'll say, "Uh, I'm thinking about you being a part of this ministry, and you say, Pastor, let me pray about it. (laughs) No, 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 no. He's saying that when I give you the opportunity, it is for you to say, yes, Lord. Perhaps God is pushing you to the next level. I'm getting ready to start for our church a prayer ministry that happens before services. That means you got to arrive an hour and 15 minutes early. We are talking about being involved. And and everybody has a prayer life, and certainly this is one that you can begin to pray for the people that are coming to the church. You can begin to pray for your pastor even before he gets up. You can begin to pray that the worship and the hymns are right on time. You can begin to pray that somebody would come to know who Jesus is. Story is told of Charles Spurgeon, and uh, there are five young. College students, they have the opportunity to hear him preach, and they are standing outside, and depending on the version that you hear, it was either hot or it was cold, but they end up in the same place. And they end up in a baller room where 700 people are in a small chapel just past the baller room, and they are underneath the sanctuary, and they are praying that hard to move you because while you wonder if I can preach, I'm wondering if you can pray. There is power that happens in the pulpit because the people of God have talked to God. Lastly, and I'm done, if you're going to partner in this fellowship, you need to understand that there are partners through people. God not only deals with our relationship uh, in a vertical sense, but he deals with our relationship horizontally. He says, listen, when you get things right with me, you can get things right with each other. Little boy was putting together a puzzle piece, and the father said, why don't you just put the world together first? He says, no, if I get the people right, the world will fall into place. You... And here at First Church, you know what we say? We never walk alone. Somebody is waiting to walk with you. Somebody is waiting for your joy to be complete. The relationships that I am going to form here can make my joy complete, but they'll never happen. If I tip in that door and walk right back out, you got to become involved in what God is doing here in this place. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. Lord, thank you for the partnership that we can have in fellowship with you. Thank you that in the midst of all you are doing here in our church, this is nothing new. We all know that we we have a relationship with you and that we have fellowship with you vertically as we pray and seek your face. But even on a deeper level than that, you are calling us to step out of our comfort zones and be partners with other people, young people who need to learn the wisdom of our senior saints. Children who need to learn how to, how to make better decisions from their parents. And, and God, you have all ages, all creeds, all races right here. What a great place to begin to learn from people who have this in common with you, that your Father is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: today. Y'all got to do mic checks and pre-music. So I just want to welcome you to this sanctuary to just come now and to worship God. Whether you're online or if you're in the sanctuary, we are so glad that you are part of it with us today. I'm Reverend Phyllis Barrett, and I am just thankful to get to worship with you. Now, if you have a black registration pad at the end of your pew, will you take that and fill it out, send it down the row? And if someone comes in a few minutes later, please hand it to them because they might have missed that opportunity to register their attendance. Also, all of the hymns and responses will be up here on the screens for you today. But then also, if you need a bulletin, there's some in the back of the sanctuary if you need those. Now, one more thing, potlucks. Raise your hand if you've been coming to potluck. Okay, last Wednesday night, we had over 100 people at potluck, okay? So if you want to come and make new friends, this is our last one. So I hope you come. It's a great way for us to spend time together and fellowship. So I want you to be here. On August the 14th, is a special Sunday, and it's blessing of the backpacks. That's for children going to school. It could be a college kid. It could be you going to work. If you've got a backpack and you need it to be blessed, come at the 930 worship service, which is going to be here in the sanctuary. It won't be over Wesley Hall. It will be here. Also on August 21st is the youth meeting for all parents to learn about everything for youth for the year. So it's very important that you come on August 21st, that you come in the youth building at 930. Then on August 28th is pastries with the pastors. And what that is, is if you've been visiting and wanna learn more about the church, or maybe this is where this is gonna be your church home and you wanna learn about membership, then I invite you to please come to that on August the 28th. With all of that, I'm sure you got it all memorized now, and you know, everything going on in the church, but if you need help with any of that, go to your website, go and look at that with all the details, but now I just want us to turn our hearts and our minds to God as we begin our worship with our prelude. invite you now to stand as we have our call to worship. And after our call to worship, we will be singing hymn number 384, Love Divine, All Love Excelling. Let us have our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made.
2: My name is Pastor Zhenya and you'll be mad at me right now because I'm gonna get you to get up again. <laughs> I will lead us in affirmation of faith and you can follow me on page 883 in your hymnal or on the screens. Let us affirm our faith together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life in death in life beyond death god is with us we are not alone thanks be to god amen
3: Well hey friends, my name is Mike Marshall, I'm one of the pastors of our church. Mr. Mark and his family are on vacation. So he asked me if I would do faith like a child today. He promised to give me everything I would need, right here in this box. So you know what that means? We need to sing our song first, don't we? Here we go. What's in the box today? What's in the box today? Tell us, tell us, tell us, please. What's in the box today? Perhaps a pony. Nope. No pony. But there is an animal. It's one of our church's kindness ducks. Some of you will remember when Mr. Mark started to give these out in 2020. That was a really hard year. We needed a lot of kindness because we couldn't be together here. We were sad. And some of us were mad. So Mr. Mark began to take these ducks to our children's homes. And he gave them out in our church parking lot to our families that would drive their vehicle in to get them. And all of us began to smile again. Well, one of those families was Kyle and Cy Wagner and their children. And Mr. Kyle had a big idea. He decided to find the largest yellow duck in history and last year he put it up in Trinity Park and there was an incredible party that was fun And it helped a lot of people. Mr. Kyle also started a group called the Kindness Duck Project. And they're still helping people today. So what else is in here? There's not much. I I thought there would be more stuff in here. But there is a note. Mr. Mark says, everything else you need is on the cross. Okay, there's kind of a problem here, because we have a lot of crosses. All right, let's see, love the altar cross. Don't see anything here, nothing here. There's the Jerusalem cross right there. I bet it's behind there. No? Oh, that beautiful cross up there, right up above the choir. Thomas, how can I get up there to check that cross? Taylor could help you? Could I get up on your shoulders? I, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it though. What, right behind you there is a purple cross. You're right. Just saying. You're right. Mr. Mark and our children made this Hope cross a few summers ago and conveniently There's a message right here. Hey, silly friend. That would be me. Don't forget that we used to have this cross in the sanctuary during the first months of the pandemic. It has important words on it like love, peace, grace, hope, God and Jesus, rainbows, fun and friends. And in five different places, it has the word hope. Back in those difficult days, our joy was really tiny, just like the word joy right there. Because we weren't complete without our church friends. But even when we weren't together, God's love mattered most of all. We never lost hope. And because of that, people were more creative and more kind, and we all tried to help others be well and be blessed. And now we're back together again, back together in our buildings and even in our virtual rooms. We have old friends together and new friends, like Pastor Brenda. We have fellowship again with each other in potlucks, and in worship, and in service, and in all kinds of places. And now, our joy is complete. So hooray for joy, hooray for hope, and hooray for all of our children. And some of our children, I suspect, will wanna come to the second floor for activities and they can come over here to meet our fabulous children's team. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the New Testament, from the first letter of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. If you're using one of our Pew Bibles, you'll find that on page 238 at the back of the New Testament. I'm going to be reading from the common English version. You may have brought your own Bible, and that may be a slightly different translation, and we always want you to know that the words will be on the screen and also on your devices at home. We announce to you what existed from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have seen and our hands handled about the word of life. The life was revealed, and we have seen, and we testify and announce to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also announce it to you so that you can have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy can be complete. God speaks to us through the reading of Scripture. Thanks be to God.
0: Good morning, First Church. Good morning, First Church. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online and my friends in the balcony. Amen. I am Reverend Brenda Brooks Alexander. I am the new associate pastor of service. So you know what that means, right? That means that I have to get you all involved. Y'all look excited to get involved. I'm super excited about getting you involved in what we do here at First Church. I want to say thank you to those who are worshiping with us uh, in the service, my comrades, Zinya and Phyllis, and Mike. Mike. I went blank because you were going to crawl up the cross. (laughs) thank you Taylor for not doing that also to our pastor pastor Lance for this opportunity I'm grateful for the opportunity to worship here at First Church First Church this is my first 30 days I've completed 30 days (laughs) thank you so much for being a welcoming congregation and just loving me I appreciate it let's pray Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, Lord, let them be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. In our sermon series, uh, Light of the World, in 1 John 1 through 4, it provides for us a personal account of the beloved disciple's relationship with the light of the world. In our first service, I invited us to spiritually participate. And in our time together, I want to invite us to become spiritual partners with the light of the world. I am one of eight children. And our firstborn is here. And the, maybe she's the third because she's a twin. So maybe you could look at them and think one and three were the favorite, but I'm number seven and you already know that completes what God is doing. (laughs) I love spending time with my family. I love uh, getting to have fellowship with them. And so when the pandemic happened, you can imagine that we were in, 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 in odds. We were just trying to figure out ways that we could connect. And so we did some Zooming, and then we uh, learned how to text a lot of, a lot of stuff. And so as we we're texting and Zooming, we, we, we really missed each other. And like many of you who've experienced COVID, you just miss people. And so last year, we got to host Thanksgiving at our home and it was such a joy. Now you have to understand that we now live in Fort Worth and all of my family lives in Dallas. And for them, this is a hike. This is a journey. This is out of town. But 50 people showed up at our home. I was overjoyed. I had longed to be in their presence and to share in the fellowship with them at a much deeper level than just on a Zoom call. I wanted them to uh, be uh, uh, in our home and just to fill our home with their voices and with music and all of that happened. And at the end of the night, we had a worship service. In a childlike voice, one of my sisters said, I needed that. I needed that. I hope that as you look at our text, that as the beloved disciple hopes that we can live into uh, this, the arms of Jesus, not just in in a physical sense, but he's saying, every single day as I got to hear the voice of Jesus, I hope you can experience that kind of joy in your relationship so that when you leave this place, you leave here saying, oh, I needed that. I needed to see your faces. I needed to hear the Word of God. I needed to sing the songs of Zion. Oh, I needed that. When you become partners with the light of the world. It is a relationship that is being formed with the Father and the Son and with other believers. Ah. John tells us that he had that kind of relationship with Jesus. As I've joined the First Church family, that is exactly how I've been introduced. I've told my family that I'm now part of a larger family, much bigger family. And and, and you have to know my family. My family is always kidding. They've always got jokes for me. You don't have to worry about making me humble. They do a very good job (laughs) all by themselves. But as I've introduced people in, in, in the first church family, I've said, this is now my new family. This is my family. And, and what, I, what I believe God is teaching me is that God has a way of showing us that God does extend God's family. And so as I begin to put names with faces and faces with names, God has a way of teaching me that I am bigger than where your social context is. I am so much bigger than what you think I am. I am so much bigger than your little bubble. He says, I'm about to burst your bubble and explode you with a family that you never could have imagined. Could you have imagined me being in your family? I mean, I'm just excited about the fact that you are now my brothers and sisters, and some of you could even be my parents. John begins to deal with the purpose of his writing in this text. Now, if you want verses one and two, you gotta watch it online. Cause I'm only dealing now with verses three and four. And that's when John calls us into a partnership. John says, listen, you have had the privilege of already hearing the word of God. You've already had some scholars suggest that in in 1 John, that they already had the gospel of John. They already knew who Jesus was. They already knew that the word was made flesh. They already had all of that information. And so as, as as he comes to this text, he says, listen, I'm not about to tell you anything new. I'm not about to to tell you anything new, but I am about to tell you something that is good for you. John writes that here's what we've seen and here's what we've heard, and, and, and you know how we are with secondhand information. Secondhand information is only good for spreading the gospel. Because if it's secondhand, it's hearsay. It's not even admissible in a court of law. But, but if it's, and if it's secondhand for too much longer, it then becomes gossip. But if it's secondhand from the Word of God, you get to tell it over and over and over and over and over again. You get to tell secondhand information from your perspective because it's your story. John gives us an opportunity to connect with the light of the world based on the relationship that we already have. You're already a believer. You already have a great church. You already have great people to walk alongside you. And now John comes along and he tells us to make my joy complete. He says, I want you to connect with the Father. I love that about him because he's telling us that there is a vertical relationship that we have to connect with Jesus on. Well, how in the world do we connect vertically with Jesus? I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. Let me see if I can answer the question for you. The way that you connect in a vertical relationship with Jesus is that there is power in prayer. Listen the reason that I want you to be a part of a team that has nothing to do with you but has everything to do with your connection in heaven. John says so that you can fellowship with us. See the way that you get to be my sisters and brothers is because that we have a relationship with the heavenly Father and because of that relationship we are now related. We're connected and listen there is power in prayer he says john says it like this he says you can fellowship with us you can i'm an old english teacher and when i was in i was i was teaching grammar they would say they would say can i go to the restroom and you know what good teachers would say can you That's really what John is asking us in this text. Are you able to fellowship with us? He says, are you able to share in what we have? He says, you are able to, if you want to. He says, uh, you can partake in this partnership with the light of the world if you want to. You can experience peace and happiness with other believers and the apostle if you want to. He says, he says, you ought to want to because we have this in common, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. John says, our fellowship is with the Father that when we are making connections, we're not making connections based on the color of our skin or our gender identity. No, we are making connections because we all belong to the Father. We're God's. And because God is our Father, we begin to have connections that we've never had before. We begin to partner with one another. The old hymn writer said, oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we just don't take it to the Lord in prayer. It's a powerful tool that so often gets neglected. Partnership in prayer is powerful because when we pray, we are asking for partners in cooperation. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't understand it, and so let me see if I can help you to understand that That when you pray, you are praying and saying, I'm going to cooperate with the one that's in heaven. When you pray, you are saying, God, I am asking you to intervene from heaven on earth, and I'm going to do what you say do. Ah. <sighs> When we, when we cooperate, he says, this is, the, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, this is the confidence that we have when we are approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's partnership. He hears us. He's always listening for his children. He's always looking for us to, uh, to, to get involved in what God is doing. And that ought to start in your prayer life. That ought to start with you saying, God, what's next on the agenda? You do know that nobody in the Bible retires. They just die. So there's no retirement in the church. You ought to be still engaged in something. I got a lot of young folk in the balcony. You ought to be engaged in something. You ought to find out where God is leading you and you ought to pray about it. And don't use pray about it as an opportunity to get out of it. (laughs) You know how we do. Sometimes we'll say, "Uh, I'm thinking about you being a part of this ministry. And you say, Pastor, let me pray about it. No, 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 no. He's saying that when I give you the opportunity, it is for you to say, yes, Lord, perhaps God is pushing you to the next level. I'm getting ready to start for our church a prayer ministry that happens before services. That means you got to arrive an hour and 15 minutes early. We are talking about being involved. And and everybody has a prayer life, and certainly this is one that you can begin to pray for the people that are coming to the church. You can begin to pray for your pastor even before he gets up. You can begin to pray that the worship and the hymns are right on time. You can begin to pray that somebody would come to know who Jesus is. Story is told of Charles Spurgeon, and uh, there are five young college students they have the opportunity to hear him preach and they are standing outside and depending on the version that you hear it was either hot or it was cold but they end up in the same place and they end up in a baller room where 700 people are in a small chapel just past the baller room and they are underneath the sanctuary and they are praying that hard to move you because while you wonder if I can preach, I'm wondering if you can pray. There is power that happens in the pulpit because the people of God have talked to God. Amen. Lastly, and I'm done, if you're going to partner in this fellowship, you need to understand that there are partners through people. God not only deals with our relationship uh, in a vertical sense, but he deals with our relationship horizontally. He says, listen, when you get things right with me, you can get things right with each other. Little boy was putting together a puzzle piece, and the father said, why don't you just put the world together first? He says, no, if I get the people right, the world will fall into place. You. And here at First Church, you know what we say? We never walk alone. Somebody is waiting to walk with you. Somebody is waiting for your joy to be complete. The relationships that I am going to form here can make my joy complete, but they'll never happen. If I tip in that door and walk right back out, you got to become involved in what God is doing here in this place. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. Lord, thank you for the partnership that we can have in fellowship with you. Thank you that in the midst of all you are doing here in our church, this is nothing new. We all know that we we have a relationship with you and that we have fellowship with you vertically as we pray and seek your face. But even on a deeper level than that, you are calling us to step out of our comfort zones and be partners with other people, young people who need to learn the wisdom of our senior saints. Children who need to learn how to, how to make better decisions from their parents. And, and God, you have all ages, all creeds, all races right here. What a great place to begin to learn from people who have this in common with you, that your Father is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you, Pastor. We will now prepare our hearts for the Holy Communion. This table is not First Church table. This is not United Methodist table. This is Christ's table, and it's open for all, and all who are here are welcome to come and participate. Our usher- ushers will be guiding you to the front, to the rail, on the balcony. We will have stations uh, where we will serve you communion. When you come forward, If you are able to kneel at the rail, open your hands. Open hands mean that you are ready to receive the elements. And then if you choose to stay at the rail, stay near the station and pray, close your hands, and that way our servants will know that you have been served communion. We do have gluten-free options available for those who choose, and then the receptacles for the cups are on the end of each rail. Now hear these words of invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Please now join me in our confession and pardon. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have failed to be an obedient church. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery, sin and death, and made a new covenant with us by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ is God, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and make these gifts of bread and wine, And now with the confidence of of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We invite those of you that are serving to come forward. His body given for you. His blood shed for you.
1: was broken for you. The body of Christ that was broken for you. The body of Christ that was broken for you. of Christ that was broken for you, the body of Christ broken for you, the body of Christ given for you out of love.
4: As we come now to respond to the word proclaimed, I want to invite our ushers forward for the receiving of tithes and offerings. There are so many ministries in this church that are made possible because of your faithful stewardship and giving. And I want to lift up particularly the ministry of confirmation. In just a few short weeks, we'll begin the semester long introduction of our sixth graders into how to live a life of deeply committed faith and discipleship. And all of that is made possible by your ties and your offerings. The work, the ministry, the connection that will reverberate in the lives of those young people for years is a testament to your com- committed support of the ministries of this church. And for this, I want thank you. As the uh, plates come around, you can give in person, or the majority of our congregation gives online. You can give now or anytime at the website, fumcfw.org slash give now to make a digital gift. So now, uh, please bow as we pray over the giving of these gifts. Great and loving God, we give thanks for you as we return to portion to you of what you've given to us. Please use these gifts for the strengthening of your church and the coming of your kingdom. And it's in Christ's name that we all pray and say, amen. She's been the person with the wisdom to say no, which is important. She's left an incredible mark in the lives of young people for year after year after year, as well as the adults who have served in their ministry. For the last six years, Cat Bear has been the director of youth ministry here at our church. One of my favorite traditions is our youth banquet that takes place at the end of every year, and that's when our seniors have a chance to stand up and speak. And every year for six years, these seniors have poured out their heart and testified to the impact that Cat has made on their lives. The the way that she has helped them grow in their faith, grow as people, grow in love, grow in confidence. I just simply want to add the impact that Cat's had on me for six years. She's taught me so much about compassion. She's taught me so much about justice. And more than anything else, she's taught me about the power of a ministry of presence. And that will impact me for the rest of my life. This is a time of transition and change. Uh, Today is Brenda's last day as she transitions into retirement, well-earned and deserved so that she can spend more time with kids and with grandkids. Since the very beginning of her time here, Cat has been identified as one of the people whose gifts and graces are simply too large for any one church. She's been used as a resource over and over again by larger connectional systems with her gifts at innovation and dreaming and expanding the possibilities of ministry in other places, and it's time for her to to lean into those gifts more fully. So this is also Cat's last day. And so in a ministry of recognition and celebration, I ask you to stand and join me as we give God thanks for all that God has done in and through.
1: want to just say thank you because Brenda put up with all three of my children going through the youth group. So thank you very much. So now as we come to the end and the close of our worship service, I want you to know that we are always looking to do worship plus one and invite you to make those connections, to be with people and to develop those. So we have out on the on-ramp, which if you go out of the sanctuary and just hang a left, you're gonna run into there and that will help you. There's someone there that will help you find whatever ministry area you need because no one in this church walks alone. So I want you to go out there and if you're a first time visitor, you're also gonna get a gift and then children, there's a gift for them, some coloring and some books. So just stop by there learn more about First Church. Also at the end of the worship service, we always have someone, and today Janet Anderson's gonna be there to pray with you. If there's something on your heart and you need someone to pray with you, go there after the end of the service.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you to my family who joined me this morning. My husband was in both services, and I see him still there. Thank you so much. (laughs) He didn't duck out on me. Praise the Lord. Our gathering will soon be ended. Where will we go, and what will we do? One may grace, peace, hope, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen.